Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Generally Casual. <laughs> this is Michael, <laughs> one of your co-hosts. This is the pure episode energy. Like, this is the actual, like... I thought you were supposed to get really close episode. to the mic and go, Hello, everybody, <sighs> I'm joined with my co-hosts today, Corey and Richard. And that's Michael. And I'm Michael. And, uh... Yeah, we're doing Eeyore. stuff today. Eeyore. And if you sound like this, you might be in a state of laziness. Nope. Or you might be listening to us in an effort to <sighs> put away your responsibilities and push something off. Push something off. Maybe you don't want to put your tail back on. and uh, You're going to be like a cat and just push the glass of water off the table. Yeah, maybe you just want to lay in the sun and don't do anything today. What are these metaphors? And uh, that's kind of what we're talking about today. Yeah, with laziness and procrastination, right? Corey's too hyped for this yeah. one. Yeah, somebody's got to bring at least some uh, energy, average no. of energy. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So today we're talking about laziness, procrastination. Uh, ways to help yourself through that, or just be one of those people who don't doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Doesn't uh, matter. Richard, can you bring us through our dictionary definition of uh, one of those? We're words? gonna go with two. Uh, we have two definitions. Ooh, twice the buck for twice double podcast. definition day. Uh, we're gonna start with laziness, and that is the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy. Semicolon idleness. That's right. This definition has a semicolon. Mm. Super exciting. It I don't required further meeting. I don't exactly. really want to talk about the next one. Can we just push it off? No. Oh. We can't. We gotta do we're right going to stay motivated. Oh, we're going to stay motivated. And we need to meet this deadline because procrastination, procrastination is the action. Wait, of- Richard, don't say it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the action of delaying or postponing something. Did you all get that? Y'all get that out there? That is the definition of procrastination. Was that, was that master comedy work right there? <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost at least two listens. <laughs> no. They're like, what is We're this? back under double digits now. What, what is this podcast? They're going up and down, energy levels all over the place, they're making jokes? We don't know. Yeah, yeah we don't know. So, uh, first up, like, topic point, uh, Procrastination. Do you feel as though that definition kind of resonates with you guys and how you typically procrastinate? Corey, are you like calling us out? I'm calling something out. Interesting. <laughs> calling us out right here on the podcast. <laughs> something. <laughs> no <laughs> one person. Just something. Uh, do you anything. feel like that word fits with you? No, sir. <laughs> I wanted to say, um, I feel as though that doesn't really touch on the key point of procrastination. Because it it gives enough of a definition to understand like what the word is, but I feel like the key part of procrastination for me at least is that it is typically the result of something else. Like you don't procrastinate just because you're procrastinated. Normally, procrastination is kind of like a symptom of something. Oh, okay. I got so like, so. Uh, funnily enough. Um, I believe I have a piece which I'm trying to find somewhere in the smallest in text the smallest that we put texting. For this outline. Yep. Yep. Oh, here we go. 
So uh, right here, right down where you say, why do we procrastinate? I put mm-hmm. a little thing that says procrastination is often connected to the decision-making process, mm-hmm. which I think is an important distinction, right? So it says uh, when we feel we're about to make a wrong decision or consequences, usually that's where procrastination usually sets in because you don't want to seem, especially in work environments, meeting deadlines or other things like that. You want to make sure, especially in the case of perfectionists, you want to make sure it's the best possible thing that you're putting out there if it's like a work project. Usually that's what then stimulates the procrastination because you either are doing redundant work constantly or you're like, I can't put this out for fear of it either being wrong or they're going to find something wrong with it or I don't want to put it out there. Like a self-confidence type of stuff. I, I, I think... Your, your point is very valid, and through a lot of the stuff that I read, um, the key differentiations between laziness and procrastination is procrastination is almost a symptom of laziness, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with it. it there's n- Yeah, it doesn't always... It can be a symptom of laziness, but it also has other causes, which I think is a great part to segue into um, that... There then have to be multiple different forms of procrastination. So before we get into that, maybe if we can touch on the differences or the separation of laziness and procrastination. So, yeah. So I I wanted to make sure that when I was doing research on this, because we were covering technically two different words, that even though they, as I already pointed out, they can have to do with each other, they usually don't. Um, laziness in its truest sense, is a personal unwillingness or an avoidance of work, which just means you don't even start to do it. Versus procrastination means you know it's there and you've either started it or you already have some intention, but you're postponing it. Laziness is just you're an orange cat on a table and you, you've you given up because it's Monday. You've mm. not even given it a chance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um yeah and the the I think the key differentiator is literally the the mentality of the procrastination. It you're you're there. You know it's there and it's going to be there the whole time versus laziness is like I'm not even going to touch that. Well, procrastination is also the act that it needs to get done is going to get done. Exactly. Because if you procrastinate and it doesn't happen, then that could you just be like, "Oh, you're just too lazy." To do that. Exactly. <laughs> so um did you want to continue on the procrastination route or did you want to skip over? I think over? we go through laziness and then we move on to procrastination because I think that's a good flow because it really does seem, at least in my mind and my experiences, that laziness tends to be more of a conscious decision, whereas procrastination, because it, at least for me, is a symptom of other things, it generally is something that people are less aware of until a specific time arrives. That makes sense. Uh, the only the funny thing is, is uh, laziness um, is actually a ca- can be associated with a chemical imbalance, too. Interesting. So um, the, there has been multiple studies on what is called the couch potato gene, mm. which is what people mostly associate with being lazy, just sitting on the couch doing nothing. Right. So uh, there was a study done in 2014 with um, mice where they separated mice into you know, two different areas. One of them were more active and would spend more time running on the on the wheel. And the other one that they separated was ones that didn't do that as much. More inactive. And so what they did is they um, 
studied them through generations of their the uh, generations of their births and see and saw if that trend continued. And through after ten generations, seventy five percent of the off of those offspring of the more active ones would spend more time on their wheel. And then after sixteen generations, by comparison. The average um, mouse, I guess, runs about four miles on their wheel. These guys would run seven miles on their wheel wow. after 16 generations. So Ooh. to their thing, they're like, this proves that laziness can be hereditarily passed down. But then there's been other studies that have obviously countered that and other things like that. It was an interesting... Uh, um, there's an interesting study to read about, but obviously doesn't definitively prove that laziness is hereditary. Yeah, and it also kind of brings the suggestion that maybe it wasn't a gene making them la- more lazy as much as maybe one set of mice had a more um, natural affinity to dopamine than the others. And that's what what is interesting about that is that... Uh, your secretion of dopamine inside of your brain, basically, in everybody is slightly different. And so what they, uh, what other studies have found is increased dopamine levels that you naturally secrete usually lends itself to more active people. And uh, for the people that aren't aware of it, I believe dopamine is the feel-good hormone. Yes, right? yes, that's it, exactly. Yeah, it is also something that can be addictive in your own body. Yes, yeah. which is I think the same reason why people can get addicted to sugar and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and food is because those things release a, a dopamine rush. So uh, foods that you crave, um, sex, even exercise, exercise yeah, um, all those are natural expellers of dopamine inside your body. And the key differentiator that they found was that those that have natural um, active dopamine levels that are released on a more consistent basis, you actually get more of a rush from exercising than you would normally because that's an active activity mm-hmm. that generally doesn't feel rewarding in the moment. Your body usually feels worse after you work out as opposed to better unless you have long-term results. Your your body's then conditioned to then be like, all right, I've gotten something out of this versus usually someone who doesn't work out and then they work out for the first time, they feel terrible afterwards. Yeah, uh, and that is a really common issue with people that do procrastinate specifically with exercise is that it it's really hard to make routines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's one of the biggest things for myself personally that is a cause in for me to be lazy and to procrastinate with exercise regimens is because I have a really hard time initiating routines well and obviously that could be stemmed from your body not just secreting as much dopamine but we won't maybe i haven't might. given it a chance i don't know <laughs> yeah so we'll slap go it around on the butt a little yeah, bit i was gonna say inject you Corey, just a couple times <laughs> a, a lot of what uh through these studies that they found is it uh, the best way to counter a lot of that is by changing up environment or basic behavioral stuff recognizing the awareness that okay you may be somewhat inherently prone to being lazy because of your genes or whatever dopamine mm-hmm. levels or things like that. But as long as you recognize that and you change the environment and try and make positive changes, usually that's the best way to counter it. So did mm-hmm. they ever intermingle any of the mice that 
were very active and then added a select few that were from the inactive camp to see if the inactive camp changed their behavior based on the society they were in. Why would you ever assume that we don't mix those two? <laughs> <laughs> I I think if I'm not mistaken, they had three camps. They had a control, um, a lazy couch potato mouse, and then an active mouse. So keeping it a bit more simple. Yeah, and I... Th- as was basically proven afterwards, they, they had so many different studies that were actually using humans as a counterpoint to that. They're like, all right, well, there are other studies that have been done that kind of counter this in humans. But the, the reason why they do mice a lot of the time is because, I guess, genetically, mice are very similar to humans on certain levels, too. That's why they well, do a lot of the testing. I mean, in science specifically, it's hard with humans because you can't use them for their entire generation. And that's yeah. the thing with, with most animals is when you're studying something from beginning to end, you can look at mice and look at them generation generationally. But with people, you, that's the, the thing is when you start testing on people or doing hy- hypotheticals on people, they are variables in and of themselves because they already come in with preconceived um, variables that they're bringing in. Yeah. So like, yeah, be like, oh, well, we studied these people for 10 years. It's like, but did you study them from birth all the way until your study and then past that? Because then it's not a control. Yeah, because yeah. it's not a control. Because you you don't have a control of people. You just think you do. Funnily enough, actually, since you go you went over the humans versus animals, there there are also um, things in nature, um, animal wise, that are laziness too. So they uh, like the crocodile. Wait, no. Well, uh, more or less, yeah. Actually, that's <laughs> I mean, a good they example. Do, they do have dormancy periods. <laughs> yeah. So the the hypothesis is called reserve force or holding pattern, and that has to do with natural occurrences of laziness in nature. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is exactly what you talked about with the crocodile. They sit very very still as a mechanism to then attract prey, and then they have a giant burst of energy to then expel all that. That is seen, quote unquote, as lazy because they're sedentary for so long and they're idle for so long that they're basically doing nothing. That I found that there was a, a good example of this in dogs. Dogs are a prime example. Usually during throughout the day, same, same thing with cats, they're very sedentary. They lay down, they're very chill for most of the day, but all of a sudden someone knocks on the door mm-hmm. and then immediately the dog jumps up goes crazy, barks, whatever, and is like, oh my god, there's someone at the door. That's a natural response the dogs have that inherently they could be lazy for most of the time, but that's because they're reserving or saving up their energy for that exact moment where they need to then use it. So in an evolutionary term, the the ends kind of justify the means of laziness. Well, more or less, the the difference is is between a basic animal and humans is what is considered a reserve period in a human's life. How can you justify when someone's saving up energy versus using it? It's a lot more difficult. Really philosophical. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like laziness is just an inherent ability to be prepared for the apocalypse. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're staying at home all day doing nothing but researching <laughs> and you're good. <laughs> um, the other thing that uh, I also found is that, Laziness may often be the result of there being too much of a disconnect between what a person is asked to do and why that task is important. Which I think is like the number one thing to differentiate between laziness and procrastination. 
I feel like any time I've procrastinated or used that word on myself, it's because I knew the the thing I had to do was important. And it and, was going to get done and anyway it, yeah, at some point. It had to get done. Otherwise, it would drastically affect my life. So it was like, I well, I'm going to push it to the last minute, but it's going to get done last minute. While laziness is something that could be done or doesn't, like, it's not important to you in your life enough for that to be done. So It's like, I could vacuum the floor, but yeah. I know I'm going to wash my socks on a weekly basis. So my socks pick up the dirt on the floor, and I wash the dirt <laughs> off the now, floor. <laughs> by this watching myself is a great example of someone who's an expert lazy person that you've gone to that length i feel like i, the, I need to defend myself i don't do that that's just an example that's really gross i feel like the average lazy person probably wouldn't even gone through that length of thinking to be like oh whatever this is a floor and then continue on with their life now then the last perspective i have on laziness is it also can be a coping mechanism people are so stressed about what's going on in their life that they can't tackle everything. And so then it's seen like, well, I'm just not going to do anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all resonate with that. Yeah. I mean, now and then. with, especially with everything that's going on, the stress of the world, well, it just becomes that much like, I can't even, I don't want to get up from the couch. Like <laughs> there's so much going on in the world. It's that whole, like, <laughs> So many things are on Netflix, but you choose to like scroll through for more time than you actually watch things. Well, and that's what I was gonna say is that that <laughs> it's even worse than that. That last point, well, is a great call out to our next podcast with Lucky and that's Metal. true. Um, but is is usually the precursor to other issues or mental health issues that are going on. So well, it can lead to that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're staying inside or like you're just like I don't want to do anything because I have everything to do. That's usually the start of something else that laziness is just a symptom of at that point. Yeah. So. I know for me, it, I, I don't know what happens sometimes, but your little Netflix quip, I will spend too much time scrolling, but then I will literally pick something I've watched 17 times and just watch that again <laughs> well, instead like, of picking something new. The crazy thing about that is like, and it, I guess it does directly refer to laziness, is that Humans are creature of creatures of comfort, right? And habit, so yeah. We like what we know. And a lot of the time, you might consider someone lazy just because they do the same things all the time. Like, they might not be necessarily lazy in the traditional sense of they do nothing, but you might say, oh, they're socially lazy because they they decide to do the same things that they normally do. They go out, they get their coffee, they go back home, they play video games, they finish work, they go to bed. Some people who are very active and have a very active social life might not uh, have the same sort of headspace that the other person does, and they might see that other person as being lazy because they don't make the effort to spend 20 hours a week with their friends. Well, and that was actually what I was going to mention earlier when you guys were talking about dopamine going off when you exercise that's why they have a thing called speed junkies is they're literally a junkie for doing dangerous and crazy things oh like thrilling yeah yeah, yeah like skydiving because stuff every like time that. they do that dopamine is released and that's then they true. get addicted to that feeling that is very true yeah although those people are the opposite of lazy i would say <laughs> i mean but it's the same type of thing as I the mean, exercise dopamine you're falling out of a plane you're not doing a lot of work there you could you could be a dopamine junkie and be really late. Like, what if they wheelchair you up onto the plane? Oh my you don't need to walk. You're being lazy 
but then you're you're getting your dopamine like you're just like, falling. Like in that, like I feel like Corey, like if somebody's like doing that, they're like, huh? I guess I'm falling to there. What I what I'm telling Here you. Here I go. Is I didn't I'm, even put on my parachute. I'm I didn't advocating. Even put them on my pants today. <laughs> I put. I got a person to put me on them, and they put the parachute on, so I didn't have to put a parachute. Even, and then they pulled the parachute for me. I don't even have to think I'm about it. I'm advocating extreme laziness i'm calling it right now red bull's gonna get on it it's gonna be the most extreme lazy person in the world contest before i got in the plane i had a half a pound of jello and it was great (laughs) and i had someone feed it to me through a straw (laughs) straw into intravenously Uh, now I am jello. (laughs) i become jello anyway with that i feel like we've really touched on a lot of laziness i I, think it's the the simpler of the two topics that we wanted to talk yeah i also feel like we were procrastinating a different subject sure (laughs) nope (laughs) no i'm sorry (laughs) nope so um we've touched on a little bit but uh i think it's really good to start off with why do we procrastinate uh obviously i think we've already mentioned that there can be a lot of reasons but one of the most common reasons why we procrastinate is because it's often connected to a decision-making process where we feel like we're about to make a wrong decision or there are consequences of a decision we might make that we can't foresee or calculate. We automatically start pushing off the decision in order to avoid these unforeseen circumstances. So once again, it kind of really mentions um, that we're creatures of comfort. We like what we know. Uh, And people who are habitual might have a bit more of a tendency to procrastinate when it comes to things that they are either uncertain about or a little less comfortable with Uh, a big like a really common issue is procrastinating assignments like i remember all the time yeah i knew there was a deadline i knew it had to be done and i would procrastinate it into oblivion and this kind of falls into one of the first topics of procrastination that i want to talk about And that's the person who uh, says, I work better under pressure. I feel like that's a very, very common one, especially for that specific analogy, is a lot of people procrastinate and they use the excuse of I work better under pressure to justify that something will will be done regardless of when they do it. So they know, okay, well, if it's got to be done by this date, then there's no harm if I do it at all. So, and obviously a negative side effect of that being how long can you maintain that pressure without it affecting your work negatively? Yeah. And a lot of the time, you know, sometimes you do get really lucky and you do have a good knowledge base and you can kind of <coughs> fly <By> aware, <laughs> fly by the seat of your pants <laughs> Yeah, or <laughs> this podcast every now and then. <laughs> um, and, you know, we can really chat up a storm and kind of make our way through. But there are times where you mess up and it becomes abundantly clear that you're kind of just throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. And sometimes to the not wind. every, you know... Sometimes prof singles stick to the wall real well, but other times the block of bag of cheese does not. Well, that's actually weird from what you said before. Like, I don't feel like assignments really fit that initial description. Oh, of pra- procrastination? 
Uh, no, the consequences of which we cannot fully calculate. And wait, that what that what you said? Well, sometimes you're not seeing. You're drawing the line between a lower grade. Sometimes that's the consequence. Like the consequence is you aren't having the best possible outcome, or a consequence of that example specifically could be the stress that's associated with it. Well, I was going to say also it usually has to do with quality of work too, right? So like the consequences of which we cannot fully calculate, meaning if you overlook something, let's say you turn something in like a school assignment or a work assignment and half the stuff is misspelled because you rushed to get it done. No, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Where when it says when we feel we are about to make a wrong decision, I'm like, I don't think that really has anything to do with an assignment or trying to get stuff in so on time. This oh, isn't well, like the be all definition. No, no, no. Of I, I, I know it fits but... the original one. I'm just, I, I was just trying to connect it to this. Well, that, I, that that would be the same plus. way. When we feel about to make a wrong decision would be something like you have waited so long, you procrastinate because you're like, I don't want to do it now because if I do it now, then either I'll get it done too quickly or, you know, there's a, a lot of different decisions you can make that mm. potentially would be wrong. And usually with any assignment or work stuff, the longer you spend on it, usually it ends up being better. Yeah. And then I, the other thing I would just say is that I definitely know people who procrastinate to the last minute and then get aces on it. Because, of course. You know, sometimes pressure really does help people and, and helps them push through. And, you know, it's the times like where you're writing something down or um, sitting down to write. I guess papers are the bigger thing. If you're doing it for work, I don't have to do those for work. But <laughs> if you have to write down, you know, a uh, a form or have to fill it out or have to do documentation for work, sometimes it's easier just to sit down and stream it all in one smooth form of conscience. And definitely that actually ties into um, I think it is a really good flow if we give these common problems with procrastination and then give a solution to it. So the solution to this particular issue for a lot of people is. Don't feel like you need to tackle everything at once. But if you say it's way easier to get into something, if you say, I'm just going to tackle 10 minutes right now, and then you commit yourself to 10 minutes, set a timer. If the timer goes off and you still have a really good flow, then that's you've broken through that barrier of procrastination. Mm -hmm. But by setting yourself 10 minutes and starting earlier, you allow your brain more time to digest the topic at hand. Yeah. And to understand it a bit better. So funnily enough, actually, that has to do with uh, block scheduling. So what that is, is like the old school and like the old school 80s and 90s TV shows where you had the nerd who has like the timetables mm -hmm. for studying. That's exactly what block scheduling is. It works better on like chores or things like that or studying. Uh, your uh, more or less interpretation of it works actually better for papers or the things where you can spend more time mm -hmm. where you're you need to get into a creative flow and you're giving yourself that little bit of amount of time to get some juices going and then you can spend more time versus in the case of like uh chores you generally want to set aside like here's 20 minutes to clean the mm -hmm. kitchen mm -hmm. and yeah. then it's done so, so that, yeah that's a good point um block scheduling for those other times where you find yourself short for time or you're always saying oh i don't have time for this um and then for the times where you're trying to tackle a lengthier thing try and commit yourself to a short period of time and if you go over that continue with it yeah mm -hmm. 
Um, and this is definitely for people out there who are looking for ways to, to fix these issues. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, and and I, to be honest, block scheduling doesn't work for me. Like I cannot, uh, I cannot wrap my head around timing myself throughout the day. And I actually had a discussion with a friend who actually uh, told me like the wording behind block scheduling. And then one of the other terms that we're going to go over later mm-hmm. is in more recent time when it comes to chores or things to do around the house, I have now gotten to the point where it's less of a chore in my mind because the act of me doing it takes it away from someone else in my family to do it. So it's like relieving a burden. Yeah. Does and that see, make sense? That is a perfect transition into the next part that I want to talk about. Um, and I feel like it's a less accepted form of procrastination because a lot of people don't see it as procrastination, but it technically is. And I'm you see it all the time with like mothers of children. Um, you see it all the time with just parents in general, I guess, or teachers. Um, anyone who's sort of in some sort of setting where they look after other people, their providers, uh, they tend to procrastinate self-care. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So you'll have the people where I guarantee you, if their parents ask, hey, can you come over to my place and you know help set something up? They can immediately find two hours to do that and they'll get that task done. Yeah. But if it's something they need to get done for themselves for self-care, they keep putting it off. Yeah. Oh, I don't have time for that. Oh, I'm just lazy. They'll use the excuse of them being lazy to justify them not finding time to look after themselves. So they're not actually lazy because they can do it for someone else. They just can't do it for themselves. Which I think is a prime example of what you were talking about earlier about exercise. Mm-hmm. A lot of people it, find it difficult to exercise for themselves, but will then want a partner to be able to exercise with because then that's pairing the motivational tools together with another person and you're encouraging each other which is actually kind of crazy because you know when you say oh i just got home from work or i'm tired it's like well that might be the perfect time to go exercise in the first place Mm -hmm. because even though you're might be demotivated or feeling a lack of energy just getting out there might motivate you and give you energy back yeah and just like um in the instances where you can manage to schedule time to help someone else um, the, the way to fix this particular issue is to schedule yourself a relaxation time or schedule yourself time to do something to look after yourself. Because if you treat it, like Richard said, with a, a block schedule, you've given yourself time where you're like, okay, I've allocated enough time for me to do this particular thing for myself. So you understand that other stuff will still get done even if you look after yourself. Yeah, that's true. And if, like Richard said, if scheduling out stuff doesn't quite work for you, like the 10 minutes thing I've tried to do back in college, at least, and that never worked for me. Like if it was five days in advance, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to just sit down and do it. And anytime I would sit down, my brain would immediately go, Bleh. now's not the time. Yeah, it would, it would <laughs> do it later. I would have dead space in my brain and I just couldn't focus at all. Until it got closer and closer to the date, and then my brain would be like, okay, it's time. And then I would just sit down and do it all. And I would edit it. I would spend like four hours on the work then because that's just the way my brain works. Is I Once I sit down, I do it all, and then I could go back and look at it as long as uh, I wouldn't 
try to do it the night before. I would space it out by day. That way I could get some sleep, check it the next day, and then make sure it's okay. And that typically works fine until there are extreme circumstances where something crazy happens that interrupts that flow at the last second. Because that's the biggest fear in that specific scenario is like, okay, you've done all this, you've finished it, last minute, it's the day before you're supposed to hand whatever it is in, and the printer's out of ink. You wake up, and it's two hours to the test that yep. you've been potentially studying for for hours on end, but you didn't because you ended up falling asleep. And you made a chicken sando instead. <laughs> yep. Well, and, that, and that's the thing, though. But, like, with any of these, there has to be multiple solutions to the problem, and not every solution fits everybody. Yeah. Of course. Like, there's definitely not schedule, uh, schedulers out there. Like, sometimes scheduling doesn't work for people. It's very true. Who are very independent and kind of don't really set things up for me i've got to set things up a couple days in advance so that way i remember to do them. yeah uh scheduling the week of is a big thing for me because i'm like <laughs> okay hey so time time here time over there exercise here 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 and then my weeks in plan in advance but if i do it like the day of that's probably not going to happen like someone asked me that day or a month in advance probably not going to happen so with that uh train of thought then this next point probably isn't going to resonate with you too much michael uh but i know plenty of people that it will oh wait yes. before that happens uh -huh. i was going to give a solution for you know an optional solution okay that's why you should also schedule rewards for yourself because those are very important like planning um if this works for you planning your favorite game setting that time aside as a reward for doing that activity yes it's very kindergarten but it works for all ages. So it's called also reward system or positive reinforcement. Ha -ha. It is very important uh, for those that don't like to take advantage of reward systems to use that because they're able to balance out the time. However, I would say for those that do tend to overdo their reward system or overindulge. <laughs> um, Corey actually had a, uh, a bullet point that's stick and carrot, which I am more under the impression that is like neutral reinforcement because of how you phrased it. Yeah. Yeah. You have candy it, and then you have a whip. Exactly. And so anytime you're like, okay. And if the candy doesn't work, you just whip your back and then you get to work. More, more so, yeah. if you nah. don't finish what you're supposed <laughs> oh, to oh, do. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Then uh, <laughs> you lose out on something that you would have wanted to do. So um, a great point is it, it can be something as simple as I want to make dinner at home more. I want to cook more. So if you decided not to cook dinner that night, okay, well, the you don't get food the whip on that side or the stick on that side is you don't get to eat out on another night yeah um well, and that's don't eat. a very simple yeah that too wait no michael <laughs> we talked <laughs> about self-care michael come on there has to be a carrot in this situation um the carrots for the next day <laughs> but yeah stick and carrot can be used for the people that kind of require some sort of consequence in order for them to really clue on to things um, but the next point that I did want to touch on was that there are some people who procrastinate in the form of adding additional tasks. So, um, you so, have the people that will always start new things before they finish it. things that are already on their plate. Yeah. Like TV series. 
why don't you finish Westworld? No, I was kidding. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I'm not in the middle of 14 shows. Actually, that's like, I, I always consider a TV like a base form of other like other people's like habits. And I know too many people who are like, I don't want to finish it. I don't want to see the end of it. It's like, but if you get to the end, you could just start something new and yeah. start on a new series. So I have that major problem with video games, honestly. I have a very difficult time finishing video games. So you know what? I, I like to call this particular procrastinator the novelty seeker. They always, always oh. want something fresh and new. That's a fancy But name. they never want to keep going through it yeah. uh, because they don't want the uncertainty that comes with when it's done, what comes next? That's well, if Corey, you always have something to work on. Corey, I'm sorry, but the, the last season of Scrubs was so bad, <laughs> I don't want to finish it's just it. It's broken no, inside. That's exactly. Every time I make a sandwich, I throw away that loaf of bread, and then I go buy a new one from the store. It's fresh and new every time. So, um, obviously, the way to fix this particular problem um, is actually a lot simpler than the other ones, uh, I would say. And that's... I would recommend making a list of up to six things that are listed in order of priority. And then once you start going past six, you can't work on those other things until something on the top six is completed. You scratch that out, you push the other stuff up. And then that means that you're const- you have like an actual thing that you can visualize to show you what is the most important, what things need to be worked on and in what order. As a uh, base habit, writing things down to, as an organizational technique is always good. Um, usually, I find uh, even for shopping lists or anything else, just always having a written reminder of anything is always a stable way to kind of keep yourself motivated because it's something visual that you can always look at. Yeah. And with our new technology today with Siri or whatever your voice activated phone is chilling by your side <clears throat> it's really easy just to say hey add this as an event and schedule it by a time usually at the moment you're going to forget about things the most for example right when you're done with work that's probably when your mind's at the lowest it's empty of all things and you're not focusing on what you need to get done after work that's a great time to have your phone just bring up a list of your reminders as an event um, because at least for me personally, the reminders thing doesn't come up when I want it to come. It's like it's <laughs> it not never in my, does, it's right? not in my face about it. Yeah. So <clears throat> if I'm scheduling as an event, the event's gonna pop up. Like actually, just happened today. I need to bring my parents something, and right before I came over, my phone was like, "Yo, bring this thing," and I was like, "Thanks, phone." And so I remember to bring the thing. And that works out really well for me on a constant day-to-day basis because if I'm forgetting something, I just put it in. And that's the same thing as, like, you know, obviously before phones, having a big book of reminders. (laughs) Having, like, I would not suggest ever writing down a list because if you're that type of person already that you need to write it down, more than likely it's going to become another scrap of paper in your endless pockets. So put it somewhere that has to remind you or that's going to be in your face about it. Put a whiteboard on the back of your door before you leave. Write things down upon that. And so that right before you leave, you're seeing the list of things that need to be done. Put it in front of your bathroom window. A window. A mirror. <laughs> in front of your bathroom window. So Go stare at your neighbors. You cover, you cover your window so that your neighbors can't look at you going to the bathroom. Um, put it in some, put it in some place that's very obvious and in your face about it. Hang it right next 
hanging in your car facing you. <laughs> Jeez. But in general, uh, before we get too ludicrous, <laughs> Michael's touching on a good point, and that is goal setting and recording is Have a very plane important. write it in the air for you. Um, and that can really help you with building good habits. And I think at the end of the day, the antithesis of procrastination is habits that are positive. Yes. And that actually leads to the other keyword that I talked to my friend about, which is habit stacking. So what that is, is if you want oh, to... is that snowballing? More or less. It's yeah. similar. That's yeah. also not allowed in video games. That's illegal. Uh, <laughs> so what it, the concept is basically when you want to encourage yourself to do a good behavior, you stack it on top or right after a uh, another behavior that you've already kind of established. So like as an example, you brush your teeth every day. If you, say, wanted to drink some more water, mm. you then, right after you're done brushing your teeth and you rinse out your mouth, you then drink eight ounces of water. Something you're already, your body's already familiar with doing, but then you stack the new behavior right after something you're already familiar with. Got it. Yeah. It would almost be like making your bed as soon as you get out of bed. Exactly. So that you're starting off on a positive note. Um, and I think with the, the whole morning, a lot of people have issues with being you know useful in the morning <laughs> um, <laughs> i was gonna say being awake because like people are just like how oh, i be awake, awake today <laughs> but uh some people are like that um and i feel like that's a good part to mention is listen to your body not everyone has the same body clock that everyone else does that's true so Corey has a very different body clock than I, I i'm a big like if i want something done i get it done before 10 in the morning like it if it doesn't get done before 10 in the morning, it's probably not getting done that day. So for me to listen to my body, I need to understand if I have something important that needs to be done, that's my time. I set an alarm. I set a reminder. Whereas someone else might be like, okay, you know what? I am tired after work, but I know my body works best in the evening. So I'm going to set the things that I need to do right after I get home from work yeah. or an hour after I get home from work because that is my prime time. Um, and the way that I heard it phrased that I really, really love that if anyone thinks they procrastinate a lot and feels bad about themselves because of it, um, keep in mind this phrase. And that is, every life has seasons. And I really, really like that because wherever you go, um, you know, there's winter, there's spring, there's summer, there's autumn. And not every creature or every animal or every object does the same thing in each season. That's so true. there's time. So what essentially that means is there's time for everything. Yeah. Not everything has to be done at all times, but there is a specific time to do something. Yeah. So figuring out what is the time to do the thing that you're struggling with is sometimes more important or uh, more central to the problem than the thing itself. That's actually a really good segue into one of my last pieces about procrastination is uh, procrastination isn't necessarily a bad thing either. It can be done strategically. So you pointed out for those that like to stack things on top of things on top of things in terms of tasks, you then have to prioritize correctly so that way things will get done. And procrastination technically can be that form. You push something back to ensure that something is reprioritized correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something very important that I kind of wanted to swing around back on both is 
laziness and procrastination, they can be good and bad behaviors. And technically, as of the common tense is both are seen as bad behaviors. But it, as we've as I've pointed out before, recognizing and the awareness behind it is a really important factor. If you come to terms with your laziness or you're that that you're constantly procrastinating things, just you being aware of that, you can turn it around, change the environment, change the behavior, uh, make it more positive, or you then use procrastination to your advantage. You're like, okay, I recognize that this is not as important as this, so I'm going to push this back. So it's very important that everybody understands there are good and bad sides to all of this stuff that in this specific topic that we're talking about. Yeah, positive procrastination is kind of realizing that not everything's a priority. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just want to do a quick shout out for all of you who procrastinate due to social responsibilities. Remember that they all can be moved. <laughs> they Nothing is set in stone. And if you feel like, well... You know, I'm going to hang out with my friends tonight instead of doing this thing. Remember, in most cases, your friends are going to be there tomorrow. So they will they will not hate you if you tell them, hey, I'm going to take tonight and focus on myself. Oh, those spicy chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Eating away the, that throat. Um, they will probably look at you in a positive way and be like, oh, maybe I should do the same for myself. And it could be a moment where you start something with your group of friends that's all about self-support so maybe you want to work out and you reach your friends to be like hey you want to do workout together well it's very rare that you're going to get a bunch of people's schedules to work out and mesh you know together and the the right time that's good for everybody <clears throat> example Corey. Corey and i like to go on hikes now Corey likes to wake up at seven million in the morning <laughs> and go on a hike Isn't before the wolves late? are awake negative seven million <laughs> um like and you know, that's not, I do like hiking in the morning, but usually my time's around 10. Uh, so we have different body clocks and where we like to work out at. In fact, recently I've been walking at like 8, 8 p.m. Because that's just the time it works out for me. Um, and I try to find the time that, you know, even if I have friends over or we're hanging out together, it's a time where I can take a break, focus on myself, and do stuff that I want to do. So while I'm exercising, I can also watch that TV show that I really wanted to watch. But... You know, I'm watching it by myself, and that's sometimes rarer to see. An example, if you're in a family, usually you're watching things together or trying to. But if you're taking some time for self-support, even just an hour of exercise could be a good time for you to be like, oh, well, this is also something I want to do. Um, or focusing on a hobby. Obviously, you can't walk and maybe mold clay at the same time, but <laughs> it's always important. You sure can try. Oh, you could try. Um, it's always important that you're finding time for yourself in every week and every day because you are really that who matters. And while that's selfish to say, remember that you are also a support system for other people. Mm -hmm. And while procrastination and laziness might be a part of your everyday life, remember that to support others, you need to support yourself first. So. Make sure that's that's in your head because we're also going to be talking about some serious matters on our next podcast. Um, of course, we're talking about them generally, as yes. we, as we always do. Um, but remember, like, take a lot of the stuff to heart because you got to support yourself to support others, and make sure that you are healthy first of all. Good points. Good takeaway. But yeah, uh, as you as per usual, if you guys can rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, it helps a lot. Um, 
helps get us new listeners and five star only (laughs) (laughs) honestly i i feel like if you guys have any positive comments like four star reviews is like a good point because it seems a little more honest um and now Corey's not saying don't <laughs> don't just... five yeah I'm not saying don't five star <laughs> but the four star Maybe ones four and a half. if you <laughs> if you feel bad and you're like eh, there's one thing kind of holding it back three point so seven. I don't want to review it no nah, give us a four like Two. come on four I wrote down a one <laughs> no you, you guys didn't, you guys didn't see what sit I, me in, you guys sat me in either the bathrooms when I went <laughs> went into the podcast I don't like that what I'm saying is don't procrastinate on uh, giving a review the steak was go. cold last time I listened to your podcast and I wasn't very happy about that was there wasn't enough sp- sauce on my spaghetti when I listened to this podcast last <laughs> the flowers were daffodils and I don't like daffodils <laughs> uh, but whatever you do it does help us uh, and we just appreciate you guys listening to this podcast yeah. to begin P- with please leave reviews like that I want to I want to see as long as you give us five stars and then give us like <laughs> reviews and say my spaghetti was cold or something like that I love that <laughs> I could um, not find my Worcestershire sauce <laughs> exactly more stuff like that non sequitur you I put love mayonnaise it. on my steak <laughs> Uh, that's a one star Um, uh, starting next week we'll also include a link tree to other casual brands Um, so in case uh, our podcast is for you maybe once a month and not four times a month then uh, you know go check them out we've got uh, anime in there we've got just random about talkings we've got mental health Uh, we're starting to build our casual brands and make sure there's something casually there for you for everybody yeah casually for everybody but always casual Always. We're not professional here. No. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. As Corey said, it, uh, it's always help. helpful. Helpful. Yeah. 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 I'm also wagging my arms like I have wings. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> As always, I'll probably say it next week. Stay mentally healthy. Stay motivated. <laughs>